How's that? It uh, it got me going. That was a uh, Iron Maiden, the Trooper. Iron Maiden, is that what you listen to when you're grading papers? <laughs> no, but the, it's what they were listening to when they in in uh, Colorado when they formed that Raj Singh Square. When they formed the what square? The the Raj uh, Singh. Oh yes, 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 yeah, yes. The reinforced yes, yes, square. Yes. Yeah, that was the music. I was I was trying to find that in my notes. Uh, I thought that'd be, I'm not I'm not really an Iron Maiden fan, but uh, um, I, but I we mean, have to do it. Yeah, we definitely grew up in a place where people might listen to that uh, in soccer. So when we talk about that, that Colorado part, we'll insert that. I think I think it was Colorado. What was the name of the square again? It was named after that, um, I think, Indian guy, Raj Singh, that, that general who had uh, was kind of perceived as a, as a coward. But then we find out from that view from space. Yes. And, yeah, he'd, he'd actually, uh, somebody had hit him with their rifle to get him to get on some chopper. We get, yeah. a, we get a couple of his was- stories of him as a hero. Yeah. Hero's journey. Hmm. Yeah, it kind of adds, a, I don't know, playing that song, it really adds a, a different feel to what that scene must have been like. It's not It's not Colorado, though. I think they're in the, maybe he's just interviewing a guy who's in the, in, in Colorado, I think. It could be. And then he was, he was telling a story about how, you know, they, Met, I think it was the first army that they that they had the first battle that they had uh, yeah, set up exactly. on their way back in, and that battle was amazing. And I did. I thought of um, what what is it the 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 three hundred the two hundred. Um, oh yeah, the three hundred, the three hundred, and and the movie was uh, very stylistic, and the stacking of the bodies as they were. Uh, right, I'm thinking of uh, Game of Thrones and the Battle of the Bastards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, just yeah, cor- you know, walls of corpses, <laughs> and um. This is uh, Life, Death, Sci-Fi, Episode 10, World War Z, uh, a companion read for the time of COVID. My name's Eric. I'm Chris. And let's get into it. All right. Here we go. Should I play it here? I'm just here fortifying myself in uh, one metaphorical uh, Raj Singh square. <laughs> it's, I think that's what we need to do when we when we talk about this. This is uh, an amazing story. I, I 
very much like the narrative part of it. Yeah, where, where should we where should we start? Should we start with uh, um, the either, I'd say either the story, the approach? I think of the oral histories, or we could start with the connections with COVID. What do you What do you think? Oh, I definitely want to talk about what gear you would bring to uh, to a world. Uh, that is populated with zombies. Would 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 you would you protect your wrists first or ankles? Oh, you, your neck. How? Hmm. What would you? What would you? Um, what's essential? I, yeah, the ankles. Yeah, I definitely like to have a good pair of boots, and yes, I think something to protect my forearms. And shin guards, uh, yeah, and maybe would maybe would, some, uh, some kind of would football shin, shin guards be good enough? I, you know, I mean, I, I think <laughs> used to have these like Kevlar shin guards. I don't know if that's still really, okay, but the yeah, these yeah, we used to buy uh, the, the kind I used to always get as a, as a teenager was Kevlar and they were supposedly bulletproof, but. Um, yeah, I could have been just advertised. <laughs> good, good for this day and age as yeah. well. <laughs> Dual yeah. purpose. Yeah, I find it hard to believe those things were really bulletproof, although we never tested it. Um, I, <laughs> you yeah, wanted I mean, to. I, you I, talked I, about it. Yeah. A good pair of, uh, you know, leather boots, um, you know, would probably suffice, I think, um, you know, give you enough time to kind of react and, you know, swipe down with some kind of weapon. Yeah, you don't want to be too burdened, right? You know, like I, my first thought was, yeah, I'll I'll just dress up in in the shark suit, you know, that uh, chainmail stuff. But I don't think you can move then, can you? Yeah, I definitely want to move. I mean, these 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 zombies, these these Z's, these Zacks, uh, you know, we're not they're not the the zombies of the World War Z film. Those those are. Uh, too frightening. <laughs> too, <laughs> right? I mean, it's just ridiculously fast. Um, okay. While we're talking about the film, I watched the film before I read the book. Hmm. I don't. I don't know if that was a mistake or not, but I kept looking in this book for the film. Right. And yeah, not really. No. Um, it is a story all on its own. Uh, and I, I guess the, the film is a, a, a story, a different story uh, on its own as well. I mean, that's the movie story it had to have a hero, huh? Right, right. Yeah, you need a Brad Pitt. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the film. I thought it was really good. I think the only connection I can really make is, I mean, you see echoes of different places, right? I mean... They had to, they tried to think mm-hmm. in which they could somehow uh, get uh, you portray some glimpses right of different scenes in the in the in the book through this one character right who's kind of going from place to place to try to find a cure um, and, and I think in a sense yeah. not, it's not you know it wasn't a bad attempt I mean I think there's a lot of there's a lot of action a lot of thrills and like I said I, I really enjoyed it um, I. Yeah, I, I I did enjoy that. I I 
guess I, I read the book first and I love the book so much that I was hoping for more of the, the narratives and the stories in the, the book. And I didn't get, I didn't get some of those. Right. Um, I think we get, no, a, we no, get a scene no, in, no. yeah, you know, we get kind of the beginnings of it sort of, but it's in what Korea instead of China. Uh, we get the scene in Israel, which is really cool. Um, that that was an awesome scene. Yeah, um, I can't. I, you know, one of my favorites, but horrifically so. You're sitting there watching this, going, "Oh my god!" Well, I'm different than the book because in the book it's not over overrun, right? There's success, right? Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, that's what I was looking for in the book, and I was thinking, oh, "Okay." Yeah, I. Right. So I, I, you know, I, I guess I'd recommend both. I think they're both worth checking out. Um, I just, I really, I'd still love to see this remade. I think it'd be so cool. as like a Netflix production um, where we just. And you can see that it's, it's a mini series, right? And you can yeah. see the different chapters or, or parts of this story are the different episodes. Right. Like, like you can be great. Um, um, almost a twilight zone approach or, or a black mirror or something where there's this thread of, you know, this common, you know, some, some, some things that link all the stories together, but we would actually get each of these oral histories, each or each, each narrative. Oh, I think this is a good idea. Can't believe they haven't thought of it before though. Yeah. Which, well, so, I mean, while we're, you, you had a favorite, uh, narrative or, or maybe a favorite favorite is not the right word, but one that's kind of stuck with you. Okay. Of course. You know, the, the, um, canine, uh, chapter, I, oh, what was the name of that chap chapter anyway? It was, was it, uh, in the total war or, um, I think that was the section it was in. Uh, blame turn the tide warfare yeah warfare um but the but but the how how they train dogs uh is is so uh it so reminds me of the the stories i've i've seen about how soldiers right now are using uh animals to help them and the and the the bonds that they they make um, are amazing, and what kind of people are out there to help them reconnect after you know the service is over? So I was reading that chapter, going, "Wow, this is," and and in that setting, even more amazing. Yeah, so which like one? Uh, I like that one as well. Yeah. Any yeah. animal owner is going to like that one. Yeah, I, I was thinking, um, and this wasn't the one that resonated the most, but there was that chapter. Um, oh, and, and there will be spoilers here. if It's not obvious already. Uh, that that chapter toward the end um, with the, I think the guy's name was like Choi or Choi. Um, yeah, I think maybe, was, yeah. I, I think maybe Korean, Korean American. I don't know if it got into that, but that was the character's name. I don't know why that, that stuck with me, but he was kind of had this surfer accent and we get toward the end and he's, he's talking about the, 
the whales, you know, it was really the whales. Oh. And I remember thinking to myself, yeah, there's so many like heart wrenching parts to this. I remember thinking, you know, as, as a human reading this, I was so focused on humans. Right. And, um, yeah. and, then there's, and then we get this, this part about the dogs and we get this loss of the whales. And there's a later part where this, um, this, uh, native American, uh, woman who's just briefly mentioned like kisses a turtle, um, and says something about her ancestry or people. Um, and I just, I just kind of, you know, I realized I wasn't, you know, it's so, uh, selfish or self-absorbed to just be focused on the humans. Right. Of course. Um, but of course, I mean, but, but of course this is, none of this is real, uh, but it feels so real. Um, I, yeah, so I, I, Jeez, I wonder why I wonder the, especially the beginning of this, right. Um, uh, this, this story, the, uh, warnings, um, and I, I started this, um, quite a few weeks ago when we first started talking about this and the news w- w- kept churning up these things that, oh yeah, if we would have known, or he would have said, and it, you know, it was, it was too close. I had to put the book down for, for a little bit because it was just too real. A story that is too real and has zombies in it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, 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 uh, yeah, I kind of, I kind of felt terrible for suggesting it after. I think, I think coming from the parable of the sower, um, it's just brutal. Um, you know, it's so dark. And there's all these moments early on where they're just... I, I just, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just had to look up and see that we were recording, you know. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. When you said parable no, no, of the sower, I went, yeah. oh, my God. Okay, I'm ready. Yeah, we can't do that again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Where was Charlie? Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that, you know, I, so I guess to go back, this is where the early part, just a, just a chapter that resonated with me. Um, and I, and like, like, yeah, I guess I can't remember the exact chapter title I'm trying to, um, find it, but it was the one with the family that was kind of arguing about whether they should pack up and go and head North. And they end up in, um, you know, in Canada kind of near, I think some Lake and they're all camped out and the, the, okay. The, right? okay. I, I'm uh, sort of there. So you're going to have to keep handing me details. Yeah. They, they, they drive up there and they're all camped out and they're waiting for it to get cold. Um, because they've been told they'll be safer, you know, once it's cold. And yeah, I remember that part. And they all start to kind of slowly um, shed their things and trade their things, and they begin to get really hungry. And of course, some people at the camp start to to cannibalize some other people. And they've got and the the, what the father's only got like this radio and doesn't want to trade it in. And he gets in a fight with the the mother. And then he disappears for a while and then brings back this stew so he can feed the kids. I don't remember that. I don't remember that part. I, but yeah, I, yeah. I kind of, I mean, just as a, uh, I don't know, as, as a, as a, as a parent, and I guess as somebody who, um, who, who 
sees things differently than his spouse. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I tend to, uh, to get, you know, to really, I guess, kind of consider or explore, um, you know, ideas of, of, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe a possible apocalypse or like, you know, you know, the, the things devolving, you know, environmentally in a way in which, um, you know, you have to kind of fend for yourself. And at what point would, um, you know, I mean, not to say fend for yourself, but you have to kind of make some tough choices. And would you, um, how, how do you, how, how do you go about that when, um, people aren't seeing things the same way. Right. Um, and maybe you seem kind of, you know, it's like Noah, Noah building an ark or some kind of idea like that, where, um, everybody thinks you're crazy, but until it's too late, you know, um, of course, if you're wrong, then you are just kind of crazy and paranoid. <laughs> uh, or you could start a YouTube channel and uh, uh, just uh, join the rest of the preppers. Yeah, exactly. But there's 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 um, nothing wrong with uh, the lessons we learned in the parable of the sower. You know, is to. Uh, know what kinds of uh, plants are edible in a forest or a field um, f for basic first aid. Uh, and then we talked about a go bag, you know. Now our go bag is a little bigger because we've got to put all of this uh, protective gear in there too to keep, to keep the zombies away. Yeah, it's a little lighter. I mean, that, that's that's one of those things too, where you're you're reading this and then just seeing some things in in the world today, and you kind of, you start to to think that it's uh it's hard to know. I, you just realize how much you don't know, right? And so, and, and with the parable of the sower, so like this family that it go um, the you know somebody else telling the story. It's not um, camera who's telling that exact story actually. Um, there's somebody up north that he's interviewing and, um, and I think this is around that same, there's somebody who he's interviewing, who's talking about the families coming north and then we get a family coming north and the one he's interviewing who was up north, I think originally watching the people come north and we find that they, they just don't know what to do. Like they bring a sleeping bag, but they get in there with all their clothes on and their clothes are a little wet right? Or they put their shoes in the sleeping bag and then they, they, um, they get like kind of hypothermic because it's, it's too, there's too much moisture in there. Right. And the smart thing to do, yeah. take everything yeah. off when you get in. Right. Um, but you know, you wouldn't know that unless you'd spent time kind of camping, right. In cold climates. Um, True. You, yeah. You can just imagine there's all kinds of things you wouldn't know if you really had to survive um, outside of all the comforts we're used to. And there's a few, a few of our, um, oh, now I'm spacing out. What do we, what do we read before that? Not a uh, parable of the sower before that. It was, um, uh, well, no, no, Fahrenheit 451. Before that, it was. Ring world? No, between the two. Um, also, also apocalyptic. Um, one man who find some others and kind of creates that idyllic little community. Um, what? 
Did you do up? Did you do an episode uh, uh, by yourself? No, we did it together. No, we did it was funny. Uh, uh, was it on Earth? Yeah, 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 yeah. He was he was up. He was in California in the hills, and like he was uh, a <laughs> he, he was a, a biographer, like a, a biologist. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Got yeah, it. he was a little um, sick, and the, the people saw him. Earth abides. The Earth abides. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that the uh, yeah, thank you. The, the Earth abides. Um, you know, this kind of theme of like, how do you? I mean, those guys just eat all the cans of cans of food for like decades right but you know realistically you wouldn't be able to go that long the supplies would run out probably um, yeah and yeah yeah how do you survive and um yeah so you would take in your go bag you'd have some seeds well i mean i think you wouldn't that would be hard right you'd want to be pretty um you'd want to be able to you'd want to be on the move you want to yeah. Okay, I'm recording right now, so you can just say you want to say life, death, sci-fi. Can you say life, death, sci-fi? Blaggy. Blaggy <laughs> is your made-up word. Yeah. If you could only eat one, one, if you could only eat one food in the apocalypse, what food would you eat? Blaggy. <laughs> uh, uh, is that like pizza? No. Okay. One thing. What would you eat in the apocalypse? Blaggy. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> a real a real food. What would you eat? Blaggy. Okay. See you later. Ooh. That's your made up word. Blaggy. See you later, kids. Yeah, I know a lot of made up words. Yeah, okay. I thought you were gonna say your favorite food. Blaggy. Okay, bye bye. I'd be I'd be I'd be, I'd be toting that one around. I mean, what would I? I'd be, I'd be, I'd be toast. Yeah. Uh, how would I? How would I? Oh. Protect her. Yeah. Just be blaggy. Be blaggy. Fierce. There'd be moaning, you know, nearby. Moan. Uh, uh, see, that's what the this uh, this story is was really tense for me. A lot yeah. of tension. Yeah, you'd have to. Um, I mean, you couldn't be, we wouldn't be able to plant anything because you wouldn't be able to stay somewhere. Probably there were a few safe havens. Um, I thought that was what was so masterful and cool about this. Um, I've heard Max Brooks interviewed a few times. I was trying to find some interview. I, I thought it was on um, uh, uh, Terry Terry Gross's... Um, Fresh Air? Fresh Air, yeah. I swear it was on there and I couldn't find it when I was looking at my... Ah, okay. I, I will try. Well, t- um... Please, yeah. Tell I'll, us what. I'll look uh, add it to the to the show notes. Um, uh, but it was it was so good. And he's so so knowledgeable, um, and he was actually um, Brooks was like high, one of the things they were talking about because it was about apocalyptic kind of things they were they were they were talking about. Yeah, and he he was hired by the U.S. like. I don't know, Department of Defense or was giving some lectures because of his. No way. Yeah, he's got like real knowledge about like, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know, all these these kind of scenarios and things. And, and I think that was what was so cool and masterful was just the the real, you know, this, this you know, it seemed to have real insight about the ways in which different governments would uh, possibly react and, and how the, you know, the, the, what, how it might work in different countries and then all these different situations where we get like, 
you know, a parent's underground, right? Where we get this, this British uh, guy interviewed about some castles in Europe and, and uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I just thought that was so cool. Maybe the submarine. Um, there's just, so, Oh my God. Such amazing. Uh, I, you know, I think knowledge about so many different. Well, it must've been so much fun thinking about how you're going to set this uh, story up and, and then um, where you're going to go with this. And if I may just, just see how fast I can do it. Um, this book jumped around the world more than any other story I've ever read. Starts in China, goes to Tibet, Amazon, West Indies, Tel Aviv, Ma uh, Taiwan, Montana, Tennessee, India, Russia, Kansas, Bar Bar Barbados, Greenland, Denver, South Africa, I Ireland, Canada, India, New Mexico, Vermont, Washington, California, Montana, back to China, Washington, New Mexico, Japan, Ireland. And I missed a whole section there. Oh my gosh. There, yeah. there, there are literally 30 more places that this, that this story took place. And that added to the, the uh, drama that added to the tension because it wasn't just one place. One person was talking about this happened here and now it's over. It's going right. to disappear. It'll be a miracle. It'll just yeah, go it away. It's overwhelming in that sense. And just given what happened, uh, it's so similar, right. To um, COVID-19 where you've got, especially those early chapters where, um, someone from, you know, from China is, uh, you know, they're all escaping, even though they're sick and they know it, but they're hoping for cures or kind of leaving. And I remember there was someone who, um, some, some wealthy, um, I think younger person from China who like flew to Paris and then went back or something. And they think that's where, you know, a lot of, uh, the early cases, you know, in, in France came from. Um, but you can Makes see sense. how people think it's not, you know, it's not me or I'm okay, or they'll be able to help me if I get away. And, and, uh, and oh, then I, you I, have I, to run down the street yelling, run, run, run. They're coming. Right. Uh, I, I thought that, that organ, um, you know, the, uh, the sale oh, of, oh yeah, of course, of course uh, that would be true. That was so gruesome. That, that would be my opening chapter. If I were if I were laying this out in a, in a TV series or something, I would I might <laughs> start with that just because it's so so I don't know it grabs you right and then uh, and then flash back to a little bit earlier you know or something um, that was just gruesome and I you know I remember I went to see this um, and I, I don't I don't know if these were just rumors or not but there was this this exhibition that was traveling the world called the Bodies Exhibition. Did you ever see that? Yeah. You remember that? Are, are you talking about the ones that got sliced thin? Yeah, and exactly. And then, and then you could just see it? Yeah, yeah. Inside out? In, uh, in Seattle. With you saw dad. that? Yeah. And then I remember wow. there, there were rumors that it was, uh, it was that they were using, um, I don't know if this is true, right? So I, I just speculation, I guess. But I, 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 Prisoners. I, I, yeah, Chinese prisoners. And they did stop. Uh, 
exhibiting it. So I don't know. And, and they were definitely uh, people of East Asian descent. You know, you could tell that in the exhibition. Um, and uh, I don't know. I just remind you know the idea of the organ donors or, t- you know, taking these uh, organs from prisoners and, and using those for, for uh, selling those to wealthy, uh, sick, wealthy patients, you know, was yeah. kinda, and as I was reading so that chapter, yeah. yeah, yeah. And when I was reading that chapter, just at that moment, I, I, I thought when, when I came across the part that said, well, at least, uh, he reanimated in the, in my laboratory, if we sent him home to his wife, what would have happened? Right. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, and that's it. That was just a matter of a little bit of luck, I guess. I mean, well, not for a little bit of luck. Yeah. But it didn't get out anyway. Um, yeah, that was gruesome. I, th- I think just as we're talking about these oral histories and kind of the show, a little, you know, a would be Netflix special. Um, I, I always, when I read some of these things, I'm always thinking about, you know, if there, if there was some kind of fan fiction, like what would I, what would I write or what would I do? And I, I think, I think the, um, and I didn't remember this is my second time I've read it. I didn't remember this from my first reading years ago. The, uh, there was a, a bunch of colleges in California that got together and made this stand at, uh, the women's college of, uh, I can't remember what it was. Scops or something like that, or Scripps. Um, mm, Scripps sounds. Yeah, there was like 300 students that that uh, were able to to fend off, you know, fight off 10,000 uh, zombies. I just thought that 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 would make a you know how they went about that, and, you know, were able to survive for uh, oh my god years. Oh. Like that would be a cool. Uh, cool series or a cool film. So that would be your fan fiction. I'm, I'm looking for the. Yeah, I think it'd be a good one. I also want to know more about the, I, I still like, I don't know if I liked it as much as my first reading. And I think I kind of conflated the two Japanese stories, uh, in oh, my memory. Yeah. And so there's like the one about the, the, the blind guy who he was, you know, was blinded by seeing, uh, uh, the uh, Adam, like Adam bomb or hydrogen bomb, um, go off. Right. And then there's that story and he ends up in this, this, these woods. And I, I remembered it being those woods. Um, I can't remember the name those, those, there's those woods for the, the spirits of the dead, you know, where, where people in Japan, yes. go to like, uh, well, commit suicide. Uh, I, I remember it being in those woods, but I don't think, I don't, I didn't read that this time. And then I, and then I like, I really like the, uh, otaku, you know, this, this, uh, misfit story, right. Of this guy that I, I, I remembered him as being some sort of gamer, but he was really just, just, uh, kind of a hacker. Um, you know, you know, just a guy who spent a lot of time online. Um, and then his, his, uh, he, so he knew this was going on. And then of course he stops receiving, food at his door um, and never does hear what happened with his parents. Um, 
Right. I think that, right. I think that, that story, I actually think it would make, and I don't know if it's because the Japan, I think Japan animation and animation and manga and all that, but I, uh, you know, as he's, as he's leaving the apartment and we later know that he survived because he's, he's in the scene with the other uh, blind um, Kondo, I think is his name, the other, the blind guy. He, um, he, he's in that scene, but as he's leaving the apart, the guy, the guy, the young guy, as he's escapes, you know, tying all those sheets together and finally gets out. He's wearing I love that part. Yeah. He's like, I could just see the sheets, right? I mean, what else would you do? <laughs> yeah. You have, you have to do something and you're going to, you can't like jump out of the building. Right. He's like 19 floors up, takes him three days to get out. And as he's leaving, he's wearing like a businessman's trench coat and a Hello Kitty backpack or like duffel bag or something. And he's got a, 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 a samurai sword. <laughs> and I'm just like, I could yeah. just picture that in graphic novel form. Um, oh, yeah. I, and he's got all this knowledge, right? Because he's been reading and doing all this. And so he knows he's safer in the streets than in tight spaces. And I, yeah, I, I, I'd love to get his story, you know, if I were... Uh, the backstory, the yeah. B-roll. Well, yeah, but just like his his escape and what does he do? And he obviously ends up in those woods and he's killing zombies, right? And so- Yeah, yeah. yeah back, just, uh, back to his sword. They, it, I think it was the, the uh, floor before he found the sword. Um, I, you know, the uh, author was giving me such wonderful hints that you know, this has to be the floor where he gets his sword. And there it was. I was so satisfied because I was not going to let him go to the streets without some nice mm. kind of weapon. Right. And what a, what a um, transformation he undergoes, right? From this kind of self-centered uh, misfit to somebody who, you know, promises to experience and see the world if he can survive right and we know he survives and it kind of reminds me of uh, other uh, apocalyptic movies i've seen where um the story begins it, just like uh this guy's story would begin as uh, he's playing a game or something but you wake up from a gurney and and you look around and it looks like a long time nobody's around you know, and he, and he gets out of his room. What's going on? I think I, I think something's going on. I better figure it out. So, right, yeah. like the last man was the last man on earth, or the last, the last man, or the beginning of The Walking Dead is like that. That first episode where he wakes up. And that's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah, I think that's based on the 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 last. I think it's called The Last Man. It's a graphic novel. Oh, um, oh. Yeah, I think I, I think I might have it. Can add that to the the show notes as well. So many good stories, right? They're all um, the juggling of that's voices. what's that's what's fun about reading is making the connections and uh, like this one. The connection was so strong and and, and scary and powerful about the um, COVID um, and and the things that they were saying. Um, like, like our favorite quotes kind of could read as, as, uh, a YouTube, uh, news, uh, stories, uh, for today. Hmm. Yeah. No kidding. 
You may not pass. Okay. Uh, the restrictions for all of the airlines. Really, as an American, where can I go? Yeah, no kidding. I mean, living abroad, I'm kind of looking at, yeah, or, of course, here in, in Peru, um, you know, it's still looking pretty terrible. And uh, as an American, does going back there make sense? <laughs> <laughs> How much longer are we staying, you know, staying in a... Oh, you could go to California. Eddie yeah. Jung, Eddie Jang uh, um, sent me some pictures. I said, oh, my God, is it close? He says, no, but last week we had to evacuate for four days. What do you, what I guess do you mean? it's just like at the uh, forest fires oh, putting yeah, in a, yeah, a, yeah. A, the apocalypse... Uh, over over the city. Oh, yeah, he's still, he must be on the, the last wave to get back to China, right? That's strange. Yeah, I don't know. Those waves of, you know, employees are kind of letting back in. Yeah, they had different waves. Um, yeah. There were quite a few on that last wave. Yeah, the smoke's up there. And, um, you know, my sister's near Portland, and she's she said it was uh, 300 AQI was like 300 something. Oh my God. My parents are north of Seattle and they said it was like 150 or 170. Um, okay, not bad. No, but yeah, when you're not like, terrible, normally like. It's not terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that's, that's one of the le- lessons from this book is we, 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 I mean, just humans, we just don't. We just don't listen to signs unless there's some grabber taking a hold of our ankles, right? We just don't listen. Uh, so does that mean, I know we, we never talk about politics, but, you know, saying that, who's the, the ankle grabber? In does G- that mean four, four more years of uh, Trump? Well, oh my I, God. I, well, I think... You know, Do we, we don't that, listen. Well, that, right. that, yeah, that particular election aside, it certainly matters. Like, I mean, the I watched a Vox article recently, um, and it was talking about what what we would need to do to 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 fix, you know, the the, the rises in temperature, and it's it's still not impossible, but like basically four more years of the same policies would be, we wouldn't recover from that. Right. And, um, and even, even if there need that, not only a change, like we can't gradually do this anymore. Like, you know, carbon taxes and things like that, if we'd started in 2000 could have uh, fixed it, but that's too late. So the only thing we could do is at this point to, one, you know, if, if 100% of all the replacements for any kind of, at any time, some kind of carbon based, uh, you know, power producer, right? As soon as that, because they're all aging, if we, if we replace, replace all of those with, you know, new um, carbon friendly, you know, uh, options then we could do it in like in time, but that's just not going to happen. Right. Like there's no way 
because that's not the cheap option. Why be so skeptical? Why couldn't it happen? Well, I, yeah. We I mean, could get lucky. Well, I mean, the skepticism comes that I don't know that even if there were, there was a, a, a different president, I mean, it would definitely be better. I just don't know that they could still enact exactly what needs to be done. I mean, I mean, I guess, I guess Biden's said, you know, it's a pretty progressive, like pretty, pretty progressive promise. Um, the details aren't really there, but, but, uh, certainly better. I, I don't know. It just looks, I, you know, I guess, I guess my point is that it just seems like we're not listening to the warning signs. Um, and, and so the, 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 cynicism or the skepticism comes with people not being willing to change. Um, I mean, we got, I, I got some takeout of this market, this open market uh, yesterday. We used to go there all the time. It's like an open market. And, and the crazy thing is that none of the, the open market restaurant was closed. So none of the outdoor stuff is open. You have, you can only go to an inside place in a mall with no, no air circulation. And it's all about regulating the number of people in the place. So rather than uh, <laughs> leave the outdoor ones open, uh, one of our favorite places in the neighborhood, you also have to go inside to eat. Um, you can't, we used to sit outside and I don't allow outside seating. It's totally illogical. And uh, anyway, so we were at, I was at this market and they did have some stuff to go. So I want to kind of support them or whatever. I don't, so I was like, sure, I'll get a few things from this restaurant we used to go to. And then, and it never used to be like this. All the stuff they packed up was in styrofoam boxes. <laughs> you know, and they weren't. They make, before. I, I, I want to talk to you about this. They make some. Un, I have not done my deep research, but they make some amazing um, disposable, um, uh, compostable uh, packaging now. Sacks, yeah. bags, yeah, all of that kind like of stuff. That. Yeah, it used to be like that at this market. And the grocery stores here have compostable, when they say compostable on the bags. Uh, but what we got, we got, what I got yesterday was definitely a uh, styrofoam. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, coming from the Northwest Pacific Northwest, like, you know, you don't see that. Um, of course I, I thought, I thought, I thought a lot of the U S was like that, but, um, it's not, you know, um, styrofoam still over no the more styrofoam. Yeah. I, I, I don't, there's a lot of styrofoam here. Um, but there are some amazingly good things going on here too. Like they, in their, uh, grocery stores and most stores, uh, you can't get a bag. You have to bring your own Walmart. Walmart does not have plastic bags for you. Um, so it, you know, that's a good thing, but then, yeah, you can turn around and somebody will hand you a, a you know, a Coke in a styrofoam cup and you think, whoa, that, you know, with a straw in it. <laughs> yeah. So, well, and then you look at, um, you know, the, the, I mean, the, the, the U S is heroed somewhat in this book overall, right? At least we get some, uh, yeah, being definitely. Seen. There's a slant there for sure. Yeah. Um, and in our world with COVID-19, um, the countries that had the most success are the ones with the most government control, right? Um, 
Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Really and where I am here, but, but generally speaking, tr- like, you know, trusted leaders. Like, yeah. As well, as much as you can trust leaders. Yeah. Well, that was the other thing I was thinking about during this reading too, is I, I just, I don't even trust, I don't trust the CDC anymore. No, as no, you shouldn't. Yeah. I don't think it's the CDC's fault. I think it's the restrictions that have been put upon them by this administration. Um, and the the administration wants to have total uh, control over the information uh, that comes out. Um, and okay, I'll, I'll fix it in a second. No, no, we can't even open it. I can't. Oh, it's glued together. I, I can fix it. Life, death, sci-fi. Well, let's hear you say it. Life, death, sci-fi. Blaggy. Oh, get out of here. Beat it. Okay, thanks, kid. I'll fix it later. Um, yeah. That was my bad. She made me a little card. And... Uh, <gasps> It was well, I had glue all over. I told her to flatten it a bit. And um, of course the glue is not evenly spread. And so when she flattened it, all the pages stuck together. Um, I'll, I'll be able to fix it. it. It was actually a notebook for me to draw in. There's not like drawings inside. There's a drawing on the outside. Um, oh, that's so nice. Yes, you, have, you must put a picture on every page. <laughs> um yeah, I hear All right. yeah, CDC, like I just, it's hard to go back from that. You know, it takes time to be able to trust again. Well, and then all of the stuff about the, um, uh, the, um, uh, the, the cure, uh, for, uh, COVID, uh, just like there was a cure for mm. the, the, uh, uh, zombie, uh, virus. Um, it don't worry. It's, uh, everything's going to be all right. Uh, um, it'll be a miracle. All that stuff is, is just too, too close. Yeah. People buying it, whether it works or not. And there's actually a connection there with, you know, Trump, um, continuing to call it the China virus. And in the book, they're calling it the African rabies. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, you have to demonize it, don't you? Yeah. But I, I, how China is demonized is, is uh, weird from a weird guy. Hey, I, you know what? I would like to talk about our favorite quotes. Go for it. Well, you have the first one. Well, I, yeah, I, I like this. Uh, every rich man's house has a servant's entrance, right? That's from early on. Um, and I think that's, you know, there's some reasons in which viruses are particularly scary. Um, and one is that, you know, it, it deals, it, you know, it has to do with people's choices, right? And they're, they're, um, I don't know what is it like, like, like they're sort of exceptionalism. So, so, you know, wealthy people can find all these ways, all these different exceptions um, to get what they want or make what they want happen or get around the rules that are meant for everybody. And then on the flip side of that, you have people who are quite 
desperate and don't have a lot of options. And so they kind of, uh, you know, again, because they don't have options, don't follow the rules because they're desperate. Right. Yeah. Their choices are different. Yeah. And I think where I am in, in Lima and in Peru, like, like that's a big part of why the numbers here just keep going up because, uh, wealthy people, um, you know, still have means to kind of do the things they're not supposed to be doing. And then there's a lot of people who, who just can't survive without, you know, leaving the house or be, or working in places and making tough choices because they, they need to, they need food and water. And, um, yeah, so I thought that was kind of profound. Yes. Yes. We already talked about, uh, no, they will not pass or you won't pass. You will not pass here. Kind of that, um, Lord of the Rings, yeah. Gandalf on the on the bridge. You will not pass. Thou shalt not pass. Yeah, I love that. It was a moment. I was thinking, and of that. then right after that, uh, money wasn't going to be good for much longer. I looked at my friend, and and we both agreed that oh, money wasn't going to be good for much longer. Yes, think about it. Now everyone's equal. What, what a great equalizer. There was that chapter where uh, the uh, Wall Street guys had to be retrained to, you know, wash dishes and right. how, to change, how to change your tire. I don't know what, you know, some, just some basic life skills. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was thinking of that. I, that, that. That resonated with me as well. I, I was, you know, I was wondering what use I would be. Um, <laughs> not much. <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of, kind of a sad moment. Uh, yeah, a little bit of a pencil pusher, right? I mean, I don't know. I don't have any other particular skill. I guess I, I guess I can cook. Well, I could definitely yeah. be the cook. I don't know that I could do a lot with. I've gotten into like some. Started to do more with herb pots, you know, and some just trying to. Ooh, keep some things alive. Do you have a good? And do you have a, a a wonderful spice rack? No, I, don't, I wouldn't say I have a great spice rack, but I have um, quite a few recipes now for um, or different ways to make different kinds of like pestos. Um, so we make pestos oh. from because uh, because we, we we you know we we kind of we try to do a zero waste kind of thing as as much yeah. as we can. I mean, I mean, we're not we haven't been. It's been, I think we've talked about this before, it hasn't been nearly as good, but um, uh, low waste anyway. And so we try not to throw away things that we can't at least use one more time. So for example, like a lot of the discards from like the ends of carrots or things like this, like we make, we make our own uh, vegetable stock out of that. We always do that. And then, um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. When I went to that market yesterday, we had, there was a bunch of um, greens, you know, like the carrot tops. So I kind of played with uh-huh. what you could do with that and you can make pesto out of it. Uh, I just kind of, I just kind of like uh, sauteed it with some other stuff and I didn't love it that way, but it was, it was, it was all right. It was kind of like kale, kale like, you know, um, uh-huh. we, we started making um, pesto from, uh, from uh, celery leaves. Um, 
you know, whereas in the past I'd always mm-hmm. thrown those away. And so we, we now we either do soup stock or we make pesto from those leaves. Um, and, and it's quite good. And so we do that or, you know, using basil leaves. And so I, yeah, don't, yeah. I, think I could offer a little bit of that. I, I definitely can cook, I guess when we cook almost every meal at home, I can cook, you know, I could definitely cook for a large group. So, so leaves there, but, uh, you know, I mean, well, I'm happy to do some physical labor, but, uh, yeah, I'd have a lot of blisters. <laughs> Oh, what, 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 uh, what could you offer? Uh, well, there's, there's still, uh, there was still some technology, so I, I could get into the tech, tech part of it. I, I'm good with, uh, I, in fact, I have a knack for fi- fixing basic things. You know, if it's a, if it's a huge, you know, deal, like I don't think I could replace a toilet, but I can, I can replace place and, and fix the handle that that might be broken or the plunger inside um that kind of stuff all right so yeah who yeah, was that guy be, 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 in the parable yeah. of the sower who had the perfect house because he was Mis- mr fix it and people would come to him and hey can you fix my thing remember that guy hmm. yeah that's yeah, that would be me that would be me yeah, I have have my tools. Yeah, I guess we should all be living a little bit more like that, right? Um, well, then again, you know, if I fix something, and I'm I'm more likely to fix it than than to call somebody. You know, if I can't fix it, then I'll call somebody. But sometimes I think I should just call somebody because I don't want to take away, you know, a job that somebody could do because it wouldn't be, uh, you know, that much, much money to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that makes sense too. I mean, I suppose. Right. Okay. I have a, I, I, I have a, a, a job for you while I'm, while I'm, uh, uh, it's saying this next quote, I want to find out what your, I don't know what your, um, generation's nickname is, uh, but every generation also has a motto. So, uh, find out what your motto is. And I don't know what your, uh, generation's nickname is either, but generation Z, they cleaned up their own mess. That was their, uh, that was their motto. My my generation is the boomers, and our motto is live everything always. I don't know what that means. Say it again. What is it? <laughs> live everything always. It it almost sounds like a Dell Web advertisement as you're going into Sun City West. I you know, it's a little creepy. Yeah, that that yeah, it's uh, right. It sounds like a terrible, uh, kind of terrible. Uh, but hey, ad. they cleaned up their own mess. That's awesome. Yeah, it's not bad. I don't. I don't know what. Uh, I, I'm Generation X. I'm like the tail end of that because I'm late. I was born in the late seventies, but I don't know what. Uh, I don't know what the quote is for Generation X. 
Um, I got it. Dink. Oh no, I just, oh wait. The motto is, there is a crisis. Oh, I think I lost your connection there for a second. Can you grab me? Yeah? You, you, can you hear me? No. Is it? There is a crisis. That almost sounds like a Star Trek thing to me. There is a crisis. Take evasive action. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Generation X. My connection slipping a little bit here. Yeah, it says born between sixty-five and eighty-one. Oh my gosh, too many things. Is to work and to produce was their philosophy of life. Gen X? Being a workaholic. Yeah. I guess that sort of sounds about right. Yeah. What do you think of that? Uh, you still got me? I think it's a little bit of Yes, a... I, I... Okay. From my side? Yeah. Testing, testing, testing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it sounds good when you're saying testing. I thought you were cutting out a little bit for a second. Um, I This next quote, yeah, fear is the most valuable commodity in the universe. Oh, man. I think that's sadly, arguably true. Um, arguably. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, I don't uh, I think I, I find myself arguing against it. You know, the word most yes. could be problematic. But, um, you know, the, what, what if, what if you changed fear with love is the most valuable commodity in the universe, you know, then it's a Beatles song. You can oh, just, I just don't, you know, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think people are driven more by fear than love. It sounds it's so sad, but I, I, I think so. I mean, I think, I think our current state of things is a strong argument for that. There's a lot of people. Um, there's a lot of fear driving um, the binary, you know, uh, the un, un, unnuanced conversation we're all not having with each other, right? Um, yeah. it's mostly about fear and not love. Um, and even despite, in fact, I would say despite the love people may have, even within families, sometimes there's fear, you know, preventing uh, love in some ways. It's always a, you know, one fear the darker force, you know, the dark and the light are always trying to, you know, outdo each other. And there's, you know, when they're out of balance, that really uh, tilts the universe. And right. um, I think that uh, in the face of a pandemic, you don't, you shouldn't, don't, shouldn't uh, tell the population if you're a leader uh, about what's uh, what's going to happen 
uh, because you don't want to strike fear into their hearts. You don't want them to panic. So you, is that a good thing? <laughs> uh, well, I'm of the opinion that more information is always better. Um, I think, yeah, more transparency. Leaders have that decision to make, though, don't they? You know, I could tell them about this, or I could just not. Well, I mean, I, I think to say to withhold information is is a lack. It means you don't respect the capacity of the people to to make a good decision or do the right thing. Right? It really, it really shows you think that you're you know better than the populace, right? I don't think there's any other reason for doing that. So if we, you know, if we live in a democracy and, uh, you know, we, we, we think that we can make what decisions on what's best for us then we should be given all the information, right? I mean, to, to do otherwise is un, un, undemocratic and I would say maybe un-American, you know, to withhold that info. Cause you think, you know, cause supposedly there's going to be like mass panic. I mean, sure. People would react and, and, and they would have reacted with COVID-19 more strongly. And then it would probably be over or not over, but it would be, it would be in a much better place in the States. Had when you look at other countries, uh, uh, reactions and, and what they did, uh, and now they're better off than, than, the United States. It's, it's a sad thing. It makes me sad, but, uh, uh, don't worry. Everything's going to be all right. Yeah. Miracle will come. Right. right. Is that a lie? Is that a lie? Yeah. Well, that's it. So the lies, yeah. And the lies, I was thinking like, there's a lot of, it gets into some issues of, you know, fake news, misinformation, um, alternative facts (laughs) or, uh, (laughs) You know, lies are neither good nor bad. I mean, um, you know, like, I mean, technology is like that, right? I mean, but I think that's, I think that's, um, well, maybe it's not the same thing. I, I guess I would argue that technology can clearly be bad. Um, and it's not just a tool like fire that can be good or bad. I mean, I think, I think, I think, you know, I think Facebook and, 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 you know, Ooh, you said that with such disgust. Facebook. Yeah, I really don't like Facebook. Uh, although, yeah, we should probably create a Facebook, shouldn't we? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so it's just such a lack of responsibility, um, I think, there. Um, I, I well, that's not the plan. You are not privy to the plan uh, well, and whatever whatever the leaders say should make it better yeah I mean Zuckerberg said if we just had better AI that would fix these problems so oh. that's his solution yeah yeah I mean I mean what did I hear the other day the al- algorithms were just uh, gosh what was that quote um uh, I can't remember now. It's like a- algorithms were like uh, sort of emotions put into code or feelings put into code or something like that. Like, oh, I it, this was going around. I think I've heard this one too. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, I can't. 
Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. I can't remember. Well, I wrote it down somewhere. Anyway. Um, yeah, well, had a list of favorite sci-fi elements. I guess we should talk about that. Oh, okay. Sci-fi elements, huh? No. No, not not really. I, I guess I would add to our list, what was the, um, I have it here somewhere, the Miracle Cure, uh, Falnex, Falnex, Falnex. That sounds right. Falnex or something like that. Yeah, pushing it through the FDA, and we already talked about that, kind of. Uh, a, a weird thing, but that's that's a science fiction kind of element, I guess. But could be like um, what was that that uh, awful drug that Trump was touting? High chloroquine, yeah, high chloroquine. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I got that quote. Uh, algorithms, of course, I don't remember who said it. Algorithms are just opinions embedded in code. Hmm. 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 I like that a lot. Yeah, I think that's that resonated with me. That sounds true, right? Yeah, years ago, algorithms in in computing kind of snuck up on me. I. I haven't worked with algorithms. I'd like to actually like see one and see what it Well, I was really under the opinion like. like 10 years ago that, you know, technology was neutral and that it depended on how you used it, right? It was just like a tool and you could, I don't know, like you could, you could kill somebody with a knife or you could cut up vegetables and feed them with a knife, you know, that kind of thing. And I, mm-hmm. that's kind of an extreme example now that I'm saying out loud, but I, oh, it's a gun. It's it, it's an NRA thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, a gun or something. And so I, yeah, I mean, I mean, a gun, a gun's going to protect or kill. It doesn't have any other like, you know. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess a knife or like a fire or something is a good example, right? As a tool. And so I, yeah, I always thought that. And the more I understand about um, apps. And, you know, apps especially, right? Or that you're smart, all the things about your smartphone that really are designed to exploit um, human vulnerabilities to um, certain biases and certain uh, um, temptations, right? Or, or pers- you know, there, you know there, there are ways in which we're persuaded, right? To and how did we thing. get here? How did this happen to us? We let this happen to us? Right. We know what's happening. You know, because we love our gadgets so much, we'll let that we'll let that go. Yeah, I just watched the social dilemma. It's on it just came out on Netflix. Hmm. No. Um, yeah, it's worth worth checking out, but it's basically it's about that and and all these guys that kind of designed the apps are interviewed. And, uh, and they say that even though they designed it and they know, they know exactly how they're being manipulated and persuaded, they still find themselves being manipulated and persuaded. It's so powerful, right? Uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. Okay. So um, um, our favorite sci-fi elements for World War Z, one of mine was, of course, it has to be World War Z, you, you know, kill zombies with your SIR, standard infantry rifle, with with a, uh, there was a name that now I can't remember, the a, kind of a special um, bayonet attachment yeah. to this. You could, you could change this rifle in so many ways, you know, you could make it a, uh, a, uh, a, a long shot or what's the name for that? Uh, or, a, or a, a, a machine shot, you know, machine gun shot. It, it is similar, very similar to the description of a gun that I saw on YouTube in one of those shows that, hey, we're going to tell you all about the weapons of the world. You know, and on this show, they were talking about this, this weapon called the saw that now uh, the, our, our military uses. And it, it can be used as a virtual chain gun and, or you could pull off the, um, the barrel and put another one in for, you know, the, the sniper, uh, part of it. And so it had many, many different, uh, uh, and powerful options. And I, that's how I imagine this, this weapon is like, you know, as long as you could keep it loaded. Sounds like a video. And I like, yeah. And I like your Lobo. I yeah, want to hear your description. Like a, an axe sort of thing, right? And talk about video games. Yeah, double double uh, headed axe. Yeah, there is a um, video game for World War Z. I just noticed actually. I mean, I've never played it, but um, yeah, whatever it follows this story or how well it does. Um, yeah, an excuse. That sounds like an excuse to try. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if I know how to try at this point. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll check it out. Are, are you a scuba diver? I've I've done that five times in my life. I, I loved it. Um, yeah, I think it's one of the more amazing. I did that off the coast of Thailand. I think that's one of the more amazing experiences I've ever had. Yeah. Well, so you would want a, a Zivadec zero visibility detection kit, which was one of the most horrifying parts of this book. When you go underwater, you know, the guy was describing, oh, we're going in the submarine, we're going down. And then, and then he starts telling the story and I realize what's going to, what they're going to find when they go down there. And it's like, yeah, of course, uh, why why wouldn't they be underwater and all of that? But that's just another freak out. And then the reason that they needed the Ziva deck is to at least see out of the murkiness, you know, where these creatures were going to attack you. It's like, oh my God. And then the, uh, it was, the description was worthy in that section. Yeah, I like that as well. I mean, it had me thinking of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea um, oh, a little bit. And, uh, yeah, and I, and I also got the idea of Moby Dick, which I've never read, um, although I watched <laughs> an awesome 
TED Ed video on that, which made me really want to read it. I really need to really? read it. Yeah, I've got I've got to, you gotta check that what's, out. What's what's one thing in the TED Ed the Ted Ted well, X thing that uh yeah. got you going? Well what what one of the things that got me really excited was that I guess within that book, and I just knew I just knew it was about a guy chasing a whale, right? Um, yeah. and it starts with a line like call me Ishmael. Like that's that's yeah. all new. And basically, and um, I, I, what I didn't know that got me excited was that each there's all these different genres within that book. So I think there's like some letters, um, and one whole chapter is basically like a play. Um, huh. And I just thought that was super interesting. Um, and so, um, and it's come up enough with so many people that I, um, that I respect, you know, that are, that, uh, are just like, this is, yeah, it's just one of the best books I've ever read. And I, I just have never tackled it. I mean, I know it's, you know, a, a real, it's a long read and, and, uh, not an easy one. And, and I, and I, I don't know. I just, I just have never done that. So I okay. put that Ted Ed thing, we got to put that in the show notes, but it's, it's so, it's really cool. I mean, it's one of those animated videos. Uh, it's really, really, well okay. done. um, yeah, you'd, nice. you'd want to read it after watching that as well, I think. Okay. And the last one that I have on on the uh, the devices, the uh, elements, are the cherry pies, the bullets yeah, that, cool. that they developed to, you know, to explode the brain of a, of a zombie so they couldn't reanimate. Um, good thing. Uh, but if you didn't get the composition of the chemical composition just right, it would kind of melt on the inside or, glow, you know, start start a fire. Glow, and then, then you get the glowing red eyes. Now zombies weren't scary enough. Now they're running around with red eyes. And, you're, you know, and it means you're in a battle, right, because you're shooting and that's going on. That would be pretty scary. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was great imagery. Um uh, yeah, that was uh, yeah, creepy. Yeah, great, such great, such inventive writing, and I guess inventive ideas, and and uh, really enjoyed. It. I got to read. I've never read anything else by Max Brooks, and he's got the. I was, was kind of a kids' book, and I don't know. I, I think I, there was years where I just kind of associated these zombie stories with kids for whatever reason. But I, oh. you know, he wrote um, the. Uh, oh, now I can't remember the name. Like the Zombie Guide, Survival Guide. Yeah, Zombie Survival Guide, which, yeah, maybe is quite was worth checking out. And then, um, you know, Colton Whitehead, his first kind of mainstream success, I think, was a book about zombies. Really? Yeah. Do I do I know that? I might I might know that. Um. What? Um, I sort of remember that, yeah. Um, Zone One, that was the name of it. Zone One. Does it give a little description about the setting? Uh, No. Um, not okay. yeah, I'm just looking zombie story. Uh, 
Blending says blending elements of, of genre fiction and literary fiction. Uh, post-apocalyptic United States raised by zombies. It's like it's one zombie. Oh, here's a plot summary. A virus has laid waste to civilization, turning the infected into flesh-eating and mortally contagious zombies. But events have stabilized and rebuilding process has begun. Over a three-day span, Mark Spitz and his fellow sweepers, other survivors of the apocalypse, patrol portions of New York City, eliminating zombies as part of a mission to make the city habitable once again. Flashbacks pepper the narrative explaining how Mark Spitz survived the apocalypse to date and got his nickname along the way. Yeah. Highly acclaimed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Mark Spitz is a, a famous swimmer. Oh, yeah, that's right. Olympic yeah. swimmer. Hmm. Trying to find. Oh, and you got to check out Raised by Wolves. Oh, my gosh. Did you uh, did you look at that yet? I, I have not. I have not. So good. I will do it, though. I, I, I think it's one of the best things I've seen in ages. But it's really intense. Like, uh, oh, wow. Maybe that's why I haven't done it. I don't, I don't mean like like as much a gratuitous kind of violence or thing. Yeah, yeah. It's certainly like some really brutal scenes. But it's, it's yeah, just a masterful work of... Uh, um, of uh, sci-fi, like really interesting, really interesting. Okay, yeah, okay, I, I think it, I think it's just outstanding. I don't know. I didn't even hear. I, somebody was talking about it the other day, and I didn't know it was coming out, and and I just was like, okay, I'm gonna check this out. And it was it was so, uh, it's so cool. And it just kind of builds. So I've, I've watched the first five episodes um, already. Yeah. Okay. I will do it. Any, any, so well, any last thoughts on World War Z? I guess we didn't really get into genres. What? Uh, uh, yeah, we we probably should say. I was I was thinking about that today. Is it really science fiction? I I go along with science fiction, but that wouldn't. I don't know. I, I think this is a lot. You know, very horrific horror or sci-fi. There's a horror sci-fi or sci-fi. Um, what what is sci-fi about it well it's fiction <laughs> uh, you know there's is, is it fantasy of, is well, it fantasy i don't know there's some sort of Does, that doesn't feel right i mean we don't we don't really ever find out the exact cause right but there's a virus i think anytime you're dealing with a virus it's sci-fi right um it's 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 apocalypse you know it's Oh, okay. The apocalypse. That's, that's a, a genre too, even. Yeah. Um, Are we going to have to erase this episode? I mean, mutants kind of fall into it. No, no. I think it, it's also on that list that we've been working through with a lot of sci-fi. So I think it's, I think it's, you know, I think it's, classified as sci-fi i mean as much as uh, i mean i would argue this okay i'll go along with that probably more sci-fi than the earth abides hmm right true um i mean if we're, if we're, if we're making if we're arguing about yeah it, right? um, yeah 
No, I think they're in that same bag. Yeah. Science fantasy. But I, I but I think you're right. There's there's definitely like some horror and some fantasy. I mean I mean there there have been cases of people kind of like the uh what are they called in this this the uh quiz quiz uh what are they called? The quizlings or Yeah, the uh, I wrote that down somewhere. What was it? Was it the Quizlings, yeah. Yeah, that they, um, you know, where there's people like eating flesh of others, right? There's been some cases where that's happened, right? Where people had some kind of something wrong with them where they were like, you know, eating flesh. And I, I, I could, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I think it's conceivable that it's not such a stretch to think that something might happen to, you know, where people might do that, um, you know, kind of lose their humanity to that degree. Uh, I, I don't think it would take much. Well, and I think as we start to biohack, right, um, that which is really going to start happening fast, right? Um, I You know, you could certainly see how people might, you know, really lose their humanity in a way that's, um, you know, where, where they where, and they've lost their own, uh, where they become, I don't know, I guess just animal-like base instinct. Um, you, you can see that happening, right? I, I, don't, I don't know. I think it will. I can see that happening, yeah. And that's what, and that's why you have to, you know, uh, carry certain things in your go bag to, you know, take care of those kind of yeah. characters. Double-edged, uh, axe, boots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Most of them, unless they're too crazy, would probably be fearful, cowardly. Yeah, I thought that was the, that was kind of wild. Um, yeah, the quizling, the quizlings. Am I saying that right? Yeah, quizlings. Oh yeah, and then Carol. you know you you're in a battle and you're shooting this uh, this. Uh, um, how did it go? You shoot the quizling. Um, but yeah, and then it would, and then it would die. But but there was some kind of a a turnaround there that that well, made them so they, dangerous. Oh well, that was something that wasn't clear to me with this book was how they exactly turned, right? Because at times they seemed to be eaten, uh, yeah, just totally devoured. And other times, well, yeah, they, 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 yeah, and they, I think that's part of their their thing. But I. I think I remember a description of uh, the Quislings where they lost all hope, all humanity, and, you know, they were just joining the herd and, you know, casting their fates to uh, whatever happened next. And the the real sad thing was that um, it was those people that they couldn't rehabilitate. They could rehabilitate the kids who grew up as ferals they could they could re- rehabilitate some of those but but not the uh, quizlings they were yeah, beyond, they, they didn't want to live yeah Fer- i think there were some ferals too they, they talked about they were having to lock some of them up because they just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah which is kind of a wild idea 